Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want to talk to you tonight about petitions, declarations, and decrees. Now, I think each one of these things, you could preach a message and it could stand alone, but this is not really a message uh, per se, like a you know 45-minute message or anything like that. I want to touch some things, say some things, hopefully that will stir you, give you some information, and help you do better. Now, a petition is a request. It's an appeal for something. And it's also to call upon or to lift up. I like that, to lift up. And you know, if you read in the Old Testament, the priests, what did the priests do? They lifted up. They lifted up to the Lord. The request, the prayers, they lifted them up to the Lord. And that's what we do. But see, in the Old Testament, the priest was the one to go before the Lord. But now, guess who is a priest? You are a priest. Well, I don't feel like a priest. I don't look like a priest. I said you're a priest based on the Word of God. Doesn't Revelation tell us that we're kings and priests unto our God? You're a king and a priest unto your God. And so a priest, you lift up these petitions to the Lord. I'm telling you, the body of Christ is missing so much and is in such darkness and a void uh, many times when it comes to prayer. When he said, what you have to do is call upon the Lord and he'll hear you and he'll answer you and you don't do it, you're missing out. The body of Christ uniting is missing out because we can come before the Lord. We can cry out to God for that awakening that He says is going to come in the end times because that's where we are. And you look around and you see all the darkness and you say, well, it's not an awakening. He said there's going to be light, great light and great darkness at the same time. So don't let the darkness blind you to the truth of what God wants to do in this last day. You can get in the darkness and roll around in it all you want, but I'm going to live in the light. Now, I know it gets frustrating from time to time because there is such darkness. So we're talking about, first of all, a petition. Now, here is a prayer petition that I did years ago. And on this prayer petition, you put your date, your request, the scriptures that give you the promise, and then you sign it and another person that's agreeing with you signs it. And that is your promise from God. If you've got a scripture that gives it to you, you can have it. And that is your petition. Oh, well, I don't believe that. Well, you just get out of my way because I've been believing it for a long time and getting answered prayers. And you can too. It's not, he's no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for you. You know, life sometimes, I, I, I use this analogy, life sometimes can be like scrambled eggs or a bowl of spaghetti. What does that mean? It's all 
the scrambled eggs, you, you know, the eggs are not separate anymore. They're all scrambled up, mixed all together. A bowl of spaghetti, you put those noodles and put your uh, marinara, meatballs, whatever you put on there. And those spaghetti noodles are all over the place, aren't they? All intertwined. You may feel like that in your life. How is it ever going to come to be? I tell you what, I don't know how. I don't know how God does it, but He can do it. He can put things back together to you, for you. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, it's going to be just like it was. I'm not going to tell you that. Because a lot of times, we're like that clay that was placed on the potter's wheel. And we're shaped and molded again after things happen. And we may not look or be the same way we were. But we're going to be pleased and we're going to be happy. Because it's God working in us and through us to help us, to make us who we need to be. And I'm so thankful for that. But I'm telling you, this prayer petition can change your life. This is what Eddie and I do. We have things that we want in our life that we need to happen. And we'll sit down and we'll get our prayer petition out. And we just write it all out. And we don't just pray without thinking. We plan it out. Okay, we're gonna, we want to use this scripture. We want to use this scripture. This gives us our promise. And then we pray, and then he signs it, and then I sign it, and we thank the Lord for it. We put it in a drawer. We keep it. It's a trophy for us. It shows us that we have what we ask for. And that's the way we live. We don't just come in here and tell you to do something and not do it ourselves. That's what we do, and because of what we learned, we come in here and tell you, and then you can do it, and you can experience the same things that we experience. You know, I said this a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, and it's like for some time I've known that God is doing something in this church in the area of finance. I'm talking about in the congregation. We have preached it for years and we have lived it. We know what it's like to be in lack and we know what it's like to, to be blessed. And I'm sure you do too. And how many of you know to be blessed is better than to be in lack? Abundance is a better than lack. You don't want to all you have to do is look at poverty and what poverty does to a person, to a family, to a nation. And you can see that is not God's plan. As a mother, as a father, would we ever do things to harm and hurt the children that we brought into the world and that we love and that we want to see God's blessing on our life? If you're a born-again Christian, you don't. You love them like the Heavenly Father loves you. And so you wouldn't do anything to hurt them. So to think that God is putting you in that situation and making those circumstances for you, don't think it that for a minute. He's a loving Heavenly Father. Now, I will tell you this. You can do things to bring the curse into your life. 
You can do it. That's up to you. But don't blame it on God because all the time, wisdom is crying in the streets. He's directing. He's guiding. He's wanting you to go the right way. But if you choose not to, don't blame it on God. But you know what? One thing I love about my Heavenly Father, He is always there. And when we, it dawns on us, He will help us get out of the mess. Now, it, it may be a process, and the digging may start to get you out of it, but He'll bring you out of it if you'll stick with Him and you'll stay with Him. But my point here that I want to make is I know that God is doing something in this body because we've been talking about it for years. Not the only thing we talk about. We talk about a lot of things in this church, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But don't let that pass you by. Don't let it go by you and you not grab what God is doing in the Spirit right now in this financial arena because God is setting us up He's setting us up for His purposes. He's putting the finance in our hand. You say, well, I'm not experiencing. Well, you have to look at your own life and you have to see, number one, are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you sowing seed? Yes, to the gospel, but how about, you know, people and situations that God brings into your life? Oh, well, I, you know, I gave to missions, so I, I'm not going to help them. Well... You know, if you're not prepared and it's not a good time for you, I got that. But sometimes you just need to push over into that. Uh, now, I tell you, I remember years ago, I started sowing seed for our... I'm talking about years and years ago. And I started sowing seed for us to have our house paid off. And I've, I've even got, it's written in my Bible in one place, and I, I sowed a certain seed. And then I remember um, that I, I, I sowed another seed. This was out of my money. Now, Eddie and I have done it together, but I'm talking about what God had given me. And so it was a large amount of money, and I had been given a gift, and I took a large portion of that gift, and I sowed it where I knew I was supposed to sow it. Did I see anything the next day or the next week? Mm -mm. No, I'm talking about I've done this for years. But the one thing you can't do is don't get weary in well-doing because you're going, one day you're going to put that seed and it's going to take it over the top and it's going to overflow and it's going to be done for you. It's going to be done for you. But you can't get discouraged. And you, well, I did it, but it didn't work. Well, you keep on doing it. You keep on. But now some of you get this. Some of you get it. And I know that you do. And others, I believe, are going to get it. You can hear the Word of God. Yes, I mentally agree with that, but it just goes like this. Nothing changes. You don't change how you live. You don't change how you believe. And then you don't see anything. And then you say, well, God, I did what you, you told me to. How many times? How long? Well, I did that one time. Yeah. 
It's not one time, it's a lifestyle. You have to live a lifestyle. That's what I'm talking about. Grab hold of that. Some of you, you're in a place where you're flourishing and God is really doing some good things. Others, you're, you're kind of in the middle. You're, you know, you, you're, it's not an overflow, but you're not living way beneath where you need to be. But then there's some people, and not just in this room, I'm talking about as a church, but then there's some people that live way below where they need to be, and they might shout and jump and yell and do everything when we talk about it, but they're not experiencing it because they hear it, but what does the Bible say about that? Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. See, that's, that's one of the keys. You hear, but you don't do. Oh, yes, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But what are you doing? I don't know. You have to ask yourself that. You have to ask yourself that. But if you, you know, a, a petition like this to get your house paid off, to get your school loans paid off, to have a new vehicle, to get clothes for your children, to, you know, do something that you want to do vacation-wise, petition. Get your petition out. Well, I don't have to do that. Well, I know you don't have to do it. I'm trying to help you, okay? Let me get it to you. <laughs> Lord. All right, Philippians 4, 6 in the Amplified. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance. How many circumstances? Every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, Continue to make your wants known to God. Now this, at one time, was such a revelation to me because you ask, you make a petition, you ask, and then after that, what does he say? With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. In other words, this is a real key right here, folks, to get you out of doubt and unbelief. Because if you, if you pray things, you pray your petition, and you agree on it, you got your scriptures on it, the next thing out of your mouth, the next day or the next week, whenever you bring it back up to God, how do you do it? With thanksgiving, continue to let your wants be made known. In other words, I prayed for my house to be paid off, so I don't keep praying that. I, I, I don't keep praying that. I pray, thank you, Lord, that that is done. I thank you, Lord, for taking care of that for us. That's how you continue. If, if you've made another request, you're believing God for a house. God wants you to have a de decent house. He doesn't want you to live in a place that's falling apart. He doesn't want you to live a lifestyle that is beneath where you are because you are a king and a priest, remember? Kings and priests don't live like that. You know how what I say, get that thing cleaned up, you know? That's what I say. <laughs> get, yeah, 
I remember when we came back from California and we had to live in a rental home, which we had never, since we had been married, lived in a rental home, but we had to because we were starting the church and it took everything to go. And so we found this house, horrible house, horrible house. Um, and I had to go in there. My family went in there and they were just shaking their head when they saw it because it was not a good place. But I tell you what, I got me a carpet cleaner and we painted and we did everything we could and we had church in that house on midweek service. We started having midweek after a little while of establishing the church and people came into it and I didn't have to be embarrassed. Now it wasn't the best neighborhood, it wasn't the best house, but it was decent because there was kings and priests that lived in that house. And so I'm going to do my best with that. May not be the, the best, but my best that I can do. Amen? So with thanksgiving, after you pray, bring those things up back to the Lord by thanking Him for doing it for you. Amen? Now, I want to take just a moment and I want to talk about a declaration. What is a declaration? It's an announcement, it's an alert, it's a bulletin, it's a proclamation. In other words, I proclaim, I declare. What do you declare? You declare what God says rather than what you say. What power do we have? We don't have any power within ourselves, And if we say something and there's no God power behind it, it's going to do nothing. But if we speak and talk and declare the Word of God, in other words, there are times when I'm going through life and I'll just hear the voice of the Lord. Sometimes I, there's a situation connected to it, but maybe sometimes there's not. It's just the Holy Spirit prompting me and he'll say, I want you to declare no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that is raised against you in judgment is condemned. That's your heritage as a servant of the Lord. And he'll have me declare that. Well, there's other things that he'll declare, have you declare too. And it's up to you to make the declaration, to proclaim certain things. I proclaim I am a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I believe the Word of God. I proclaim that I am the healed of God. I proclaim that I have the blessing and favor of God upon my life. You see what I'm saying? You begin to proclaim. You begin to declare certain things, and that is a declaration. You declare it over yourself. You declare it over our church. You declare it over our nation, even though it doesn't look like it, even though you do not feel like it, even though it appears that nothing is happening. As I go on, I'm going to say a few things that will help you understand that. Now, so a declaration is a proclamation of God's Word. Declaring things. 
You ever heard the old timers say, I declare. Okay, what are you declaring anyway? <laughs> I think they were just saying, I'm frustrated. Well, that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're declaring something specific. We're declaring something powerful. We're declaring something that will change your situation. That's what we're saying. Okay, then this other word, decree, and obviously I'm not spending much time on this, but when you talk about decree, it's a formal and authoritative order. It's a judicial decision. Judicial. Now, I want to talk just a moment here. Priests go before God and they petition. Kings go before God and they declare and decree. How can we do that? The Bible says, I, Jesus talking, will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Okay, I want you to think about that for a minute. The word church, oh, well, yeah, that's a congregation of fellowship. Well, that's a part of it, but it's not really the part he's talking about. It's talking about the church, the government of God. Governmental officials rule and direct things. Isn't that right? Even, you know, in our government, judges, beyond judges, senators, representatives, all those people, they're a part of the system, the governmental system. You are a king unto God, and you're in God's government. And whatever you decree is whatever he's going to watch over to perform it. You need to be decreeing some things. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What are the gates? The gates, that, the gate was a place where government took place. What is he saying? The government of God is not going to stand by and let the government of hell prevail against the church. You have a judicial, a governmental position before God. If we could only get that. I know even sometimes I, I'm saying it, I hear it, I know it, but I don't always walk in it, as you don't either. But more and more I want to, don't you? Okay, so this authoritative and formal order, this decree, is a judicial decision, and again, it has to do with the government. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And what's the next thing? Whatever you, the next verse there, that's in Matthew 16, the next verse talks about whatever you bind is bound, and whatever you loose is loose. Again, talking about the government of God, talking about the judicial side of things. Whatever the king looses, whatever the king binds, will be bound or loosed. It's up to us. And so whatever, you know, I think it's in the Amplified, 
in that scripture in Matthew 16. It says uh, that whatever you permit is permitted. Whatever you allow is allowed. And whatever you disallow is disallowed with heaven. So we have to agree with God, agree with his word, understand that we are kings and priests unto our God, and we have a governmental responsibility before God to do some things. Now, I've, uh, I've got to hurry here, and I'm, I am going to read this. I'll stop after this, and I'll just do the rest of it sometime. Numbers 23, 19, if you will turn there with me. You know, one place the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, doesn't it? You ever read things like, oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, but think about that for a little while. He's talking about you and me. Are we living that way? Do, do we see ourselves that way? Not that we're prideful and not that we are all built up in ourselves, but that we have a responsibility before God as a representative and an ambassador of God. We have a responsibility to live a certain way. And that's according to the scriptures. Now, so let's read um, Numbers 23 and I'll read uh, from verse number 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Now this word do is really interesting. The word do means to perform, to accomplish, and get this other word, to create. To create. He will do it. He will create it. I remember years ago that we were believing for a house. We lived in Farragut, and it was so far away. Our kids were little, and it was just, it was really hard on the family. So we needed to get closer to the church because they went to school here when we had a, a school. And so we started praying, and we prayed and believed God to give us a house closer. We looked, and we looked, and we looked, nothing. Just wouldn't fit, wouldn't fit the bill for us wouldn't meet the needs, wouldn't be what we want, wouldn't be the location that we need. But one day, we were out doing our search, and somehow we found out about a new, brand new subdivision that was being built in this area that would be perfect location for us, close, closer to the church and the kids to come to school, and we could get back and forth in between, you know, a service and work and, and all of that. And it was the second house being built in that subdivision. And we went in there and we met the builder. And we're both just going in and we're looking around. And it's like, this will do it. We got in, you know, so they can move some walls and do some things that would be a better fit for us. And he said, the builder said, no problem, I'll do it. So we found that house, but it was created. 
He will do what you ask Him to do, what you petition Him to do, what you declare Him to do, and what you decree Him to do. I thank you, Father, for our perfect home that you're giving us. It didn't exist, but He created it. He created it. Well, is He a respecter of persons? Will He just do it for us and not do it for you? No, ma'am. No, sir. He will do it for you. Just got to get a hold of it. Got to let that faith do the work for you. Move those mountains. Bring them down. Bring those valleys up. And make a straight path for you to walk right into your blessing. Amen? So this word, do, as you can see, it's a very strong word. It's a very strong Hebrew word. I will do it. I will create it. I will cause it to be accomplished. It will be done. Amen? Now he makes, he can make something out of nothing. But now how does this happen? How does he create things? How did he create the world? He spoke it into existence. If you want God to be creating things for you, if it needs be, then you've got to be decreeing some things and you've got to be saying some things. Isn't that, you know, we're, you know in, in where we are, we believe in confession a lot, right? We believe that you receive and you confess it and, you know, yeah, confession, it's important. But now where we get off, is if you confess your word, it has no power in it to create. But it's a different thing altogether when you put the word of God in your mouth because there is creative power and creative ability. So we need to be declaring and decreeing a bunch of stuff from the scripture that God says. But people get off. Well, I confess that I'm going to get married and I'm going to marry so-and-so and you don't half know so-and-so. So-and-so might be married. I've even heard of people doing that. I confess that I'm going to get so-and-so's wife. Now, you think how stupid that is. But people just go crazy. You think they're going to get so-and-so's wife? I hope they don't. So-and-so's wife might be as dumb as they are. <laughs> I don't know. But do you think God's going to do that? No. There's not creative power in that because that's somebody's ridiculous thinking. But if you think and you speak and you decree and you declare the Word of God as it relates to your situation and where you are, there is power behind that word. You don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know how it's working, but there's power in that word that goes out and begins to change and rearrange and restructure and do whatever is needed and necessary for our life. And I really believe that. And this is the way that we live and so I encourage you to be a person that petitions, that declares, declare what you see. Isn't that what God did for Jeremiah? He said, I put my word 
in your mouth. And that's what God says to us. I put my word in your mouth. Say something. Open it up. Let it come forth instead of spewing cursings and all kinds of things that are contrary to what God says about you and your situation. Instead of spewing that out, talk and speak with power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And that's when you speak God's Word and it begins to change things for you. And the mistake is when you don't see it, you keep doing it, you keep believing it, and you keep, keep thanking God for it. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't changing. It's just like that big old ship out on the sea. As it begins to turn, it may look like a very slight, sometimes you can't even see it, Turn a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and before you know it, it's going the other direction. And that's what will happen in our lives, too, in situations that we're believing the Lord for. You know, I brought my book tonight because I was reading something in it. And it's called 30 Days to a Better Prayer Life. I know many of you have it, some of you don't. I wrote this some years back, but um, I know I've had people recently telling me that they've pulled it back out again and using it as a devotional each day to help them in their prayer life. It's, a really, it's really good for that. And I was reading on page 29 in here, and it's talking about Matthew eleven twelve, and it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom heaven, of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. Forceful men lay hold of it. What does that mean? That means God stands behind His Word. We speak it. We pray it. We believe it. And we're taken. We're taken ground. We're not standing still. Now, I love what Gordon Lindsay said, and he was a man, preacher from many years ago. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but he once said regarding prayer, a Christian should pray one violent prayer every day. And the violent prayer is not you trying to, you know, that you have this great ability by yourself. It's that you have a great ability in God. And you, he, he watches over his word to perform it. And when you begin to speak it, you begin to declare it, and you begin to decree it, creative power is there. I'm not, there's just some things I'm not taking no for it, answer. And I, I get there in those places sometimes, and it's like, I've had it. It's enough. I've had it. And I know that when I get to that place, that's the Holy Spirit in me. It's like, how long are you going to lay down? Are you going to sit on the sidelines? Are you going to allow this to happen? Are you going to be the forceful man or woman of God? And, and by decreeing some things, allow creative power of God to go forth to change things. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.